0: hurt in the midst of your frustration and wondering where he is in your life. He's here in this moment to let you know, I am with you. Are you with me this morning? I hope you've come to celebrate today. I have missed you so much over the last week. So uh, today I want to say this prayer together and then we're going to jump in. I'm going to give you a quick reprieve. Uh, you can sit down for just a second, not right now, after this prayer. And then we're going to jump back to our feet. So let's say this. Say this with me. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and glory forever, amen, amen, amen. Hey, you can all be seated take a seat for just a minute we're gonna dive in right away you're like hey we sing more than this just we're getting there don't get ahead of us okay but here's 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 where i'm gonna take you today Uh, today we're gonna be finishing our series 100 and um we started this two weeks ago and then we had this cool intermission with pastor nate y'all didn't pastor nate bring it last week okay, maybe you weren't here because I listened to the message and I feel like it deserves a better applause than that one. Yeah, that's good. So today we're going to finish this series called 100. Some of you are probably grateful for that, but I want you to know this is so good today. We're going to have so much fun together. And um, I'm going to be reading from the book of Malachi. And and some of you are like, hey, we've never read from that book before. Well, let let me just help you out here this morning. If you're new to church, you're new to faith, you're new to the Bible, as are many of us here. Um, man, I that's, that's, just wanna let you know, that's fun, that's good. But, but what I love is God raises up people, he raises up people to speak to a nation of people who have found themselves in a time of normalcy and complacency. Let, let me help you understand this. You see, the Israelites have come out of exile. They have returned to their home and everything is filled with joy in abundance. They feel like, hey, we are, there's a nepotism for self-sustainment during this season. And I just, can can I just say for you and me, we get this. Like it's in seasons of normalcy that we actually begin to question our faith. Does that make sense? You see, you don't question your faith in crisis. You question your faith and and whether God is real um, when you have everything provided for you. And so what Malachi does is he provides what I call shock statements. It's like uh, when you go back to your first work workout after the new year, or you decide that you want to change things up in your workout, you shock the body. Uh, Malachi is giving shock statements to create a crisis within the nation of Israel because he wants to see. He wants to test them. Where is your faith? And so I'm going to speak to you today because I think uh, the, the greatest problem with where we are in life is that many of us fall into complacency and normalcy. And instead of taking God at his word, we begin to, to question. We begin to think, I've got this. So you've had enough break. You got a good rest. Let's stand this morning for the reading of God's word. You know what to do. And we stand here, we celebrate, we clap, we prepare ourselves to receive what God wants to say to us. And we believe that these words are true. Malachi 3 says this. It says, I am God. I am. What a powerful way to start that. That's so good. I love it. He says, I haven't changed. And I need to to just say this up front. There are times in scripture where God changes his mind, but it doesn't change who he is. You see, throughout the course of Scripture, there has always been this thread that even though God changes his mind, it doesn't change his grace. It doesn't change his blessing. He continues to do it over again and again and again. And we find throughout Scripture that God always blesses his people. He says, I haven't changed. The reason is the descendants of Jacob haven't been destroyed. He says, you have a long history of ignoring my commands. You've not done a thing I've told you. Uh, some of you, you can resonate with that when it comes to your parents. They talk and you, you just keep doing what you want to do. And I love it. He says, you've not done a thing I've told you. And when I read this, I was like, can you be a little more specific, God? It's like me sitting on the couch being like, hey, Janelle, can you get me the thing that turns on the thing on the wall? You mean the remote? Yeah, that's it. God, can you be a little more specific? He says, return to me so I can return to you. You ask, but how do we return? He says, begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? That's a rhetorical question. But you, who rob me day after day, you ask, you ask, how have we robbed you? And here's what he says. Here's the thing that God is talking about. He says, you robbed me with the tithe and the offering. And now you are under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you keep robbing me. Bring your full tithe into the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. And then he says this, he says, test me in this. Test me in this. Say this with me. Test me in this and see if I don't open up the heavens and I will pour out my blessing beyond your wildest dreams. And I love this next part. He says, for my part, I will defend you I will protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunders. This is the message, the God of the angel armies. I'm calling him the G to the double A because I ain't got time to say that all day. He says, when you bring the tithe into the, sto- the, the, the temple, he says, you will be voted happiest nation. You'll experience what it's like to live in a country of grace. This is what the God of angel armies says. Uh, today, my message is entitled, Pass the Test. Pass the Test. And so to, to start the really important work on your way down, I want you to turn to somebody next to you and tell them the team that you're rooting for in the tournament, okay? Let's do that. You can have a seat. Sit down. Tell somebody next to you the team you're rooting for in the tournament. Some of you are like, there's a tournament going on? I, who's playing? I didn't know. I'll be honest. I haven't filled out a bracket this year. I'm a football guy. I really don't like basketball, so don't fault me. But here's where I want to take you today, okay? always got to take you somewhere. This is where I want to go. That test's potential is always revealed in, tr- in the test. That test's Excuse me, let me tell you this again. Let me, let me reverse this real quick. That trust potential is always revealed within the test. That trust potential is always revealed within the test. Meaning this, that wherever there's a test, there's potential for trust. All right, let me, let me help you. I'm gonna give you two words this morning, okay? You ready for this? Pop Quiz. Some of you, if you're like me, are having flashbacks. You see, when you say test or pop quiz, um, I don't get feelings. It does not incite um, in my soul feelings of goodness and warmth and trust. You see, coming home to my mom's oatmeal cookies that are warm is warmth, good, love. It is feelings of trust for me. You see, when I hear the word test or pop quiz, uh, I'm very distrustful. Anybody else? See, you remember what it was like when, when you were sitting in class and your teacher walked in. They didn't even look up at you. They sat down their bag. They didn't touch the chalk. That's how old I am. They didn't touch the chalk. And they didn't even look up. They just said, grab a piece of paper and a pen. Oh, you remember this? We're going to have a, a pop quiz. And in this moment, I always felt as though it was like, you know, I'm not prepared you know I'm not that smart. You know I haven't been paying attention. Like you're trying to prove that I'm a failure, that I'm just the student and you're the teacher, you're the smart one, and I'm the idiot. I know that. But, but as I reflect on this, and I, and I have been thinking about this, um, I come to this realization that the teacher gives the students a test not to prove if the students are trustworthy, but to prove if their teaching, their skills, and their abilities to connect with the students is trustworthy. Does this make sense? Like, I'm going to give you the test. You see, the test always proves if what is happening with the students is connecting. Can I trust, can I trust that what I'm doing is making sense? And so today, I believe that God has put us into the leadership position. He has put us in the seat where we get to, check this out, this is so much fun, we get to give God the test. And I want you to know, this is not about God proving himself. The fact that you are here today, the fact that you are breathing, the fact that you look as amazing as you do, the fact that you have abilities and skills and purpose and gifts in your life, God's already proven himself. But the reason that he asked for the test is designed to get you to the point of trust. You see, it's the same result. That in the end, the whole goal of giving the test is for you to learn to trust. And so I love this because he says it in, in, in Malachi 3. He says, bring in the full tithe. By the way, if you're not aware of what the tithe is or you're confused, that just means a tenth. A tenth of what God has blessed you with. We've said this, bring your first and bring your best. Bring your first and bring your best. So there will be provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't pour out my blessing. You see, I can get in your brain right now. And I know some of you are thinking, it's all about the money. And I want you to know, God does not need your money. He does not need your money. You are everything that he needs. You see, I just want to say this. I said that backwards. I'll just say this. In the opening statements, God says, he says, I am. I am provision." I am protection, I am grace, I am trustworthy. I am the person that you need in your life. And he says, I want you to give me the test because I want you to understand, it's not just about the test, it's about understanding that my, my words, the plans, the purposes, the scriptures, the promises throughout history are trustworthy and true. And so I need you to understand wherever there's a test, there's potential for trust but I have to ask you this question because there's an integrity piece to this whole equation, And the question is this, are you in a position to be trusted with the test? God's giving you the leadership seat. He's asking you to be the teacher. The question is, are you in a position to be trusted with the test? I want to go back to what the GAA says. He says, return to me so I can return to you. You ask, but but how do we return? He says, begin by being, what's he say? Honest. Have integrity. You have to have integrity before you can give the test. And then he says, do honest people rob God? You rob me day after day after day, and you ask, how have we robbed you? the tithe, and the offering. I want to make this make sense. How many of you have ever had somebody ask you, whether it's your wife, whether it's your uh, husband, whether it's your roommate, whether it's your brother or sister, how many of you have ever been asked to sweep the floor? Yeah? All of you? Yes, okay, we're all in the same boat. So, So here's the thing. In my house, I have kids. In your house, you may have dogs, In your house, you may have pets and dogs. I don't know where you are in life, but you probably have one or the other. And when you're on a Netflix bender, you understand that you don't actually want to get up for 20 minutes to go sweep the floor when somebody asks you to do it, right? Because you know it's a waste of time. You realize that the time you start and the time you end, uh, the result will be that where you started looks like where you just ended. There's food all over the floor. And it's just like, it's not worth my time. And so... uh, uh, full disclosure I'll just be honest here there are times when I'm I'm responsible for the kitchen and I'm I'm sweeping the kitchen and there's not a lot of food on the floor just enough to feed an army and and so I will I will sweep it into a pile and and our trash can is next to our refrigerator and um just the way it's all set up in our house I can't keep the du- the dustpan attached to the broom just not enough room so we keep our dustpan in a separate closet and so by the time I sweep this pile next to the, um, the trash can, I realized I have to go all the way down the hall to get the dustpan. And this is an adventure. It is like this narrow closet that's hard to open. And the dustpan is always on the bottom shelf. By the way, the bottom shelf is the floor. It's vast, it's dark, and you can never find it. Just yesterday, I was like, where's the dustpan? And I was like, it's in the closet. And I said, no, it's not. Sure it was. And I'm like, do I really want to walk all the way down to get the dustpan? Because I don't know about you, but when I'm standing over the pile, there is like, have you ever looked at your refrigerator? There's like this little grill on the bottom, and there's a gap between the floor and and the grill. And it says to me, feed me. Just feed me. I'm hungry. And I'm like, ain't nobody looking. You do not want to upset your refrigerator. It is responsible for sustaining your life. And so it's like, here we go. And I just sweep those crumbs underneath the refrigerator. Now, That's funny, isn't it? But here's the thing. There's an integrity piece. I know that I should not be holding the broom. Like, I have no integrity when it comes to sweeping the floor because my slack habits and sloppy work are worth the Netflix blender that I'm on. Are you with me? And I think this is what God is trying to address with his people, right? God God looks at his nation, this one that he's blessed, and they're sort of in the same position. And so he's like, hey, I need to call you on the carpet. We need to have an honest conversation. You need to toe the line. And this is what he says to him. And this goes all the way back to chapter one. And he's speaking to religious leaders, but pretty much the nation as well. And he says this. He says, "Your shoddy and sloppy, defiling worship. This, by the way, is how you've robbed me. You are robbing me by your half-hearted worship. And they say, man, they got all kinds of questions. What do you mean? How are we defiling him? He says, when you say that the altar of God is not important anymore, the worship of God is no longer a priority. That's what's defiling. And here it is. And when you offer worthless animals, Now, this doesn't make sense to us, but I want you to understand that the way that they gave back to God, the way that they they gave the blessings that he had given to them in their life was by giving their first and their best. They called that the tithe. He says, you offer worthless animals for sacrifices and worship. Animals you're trying to get rid of, blind and sick and crippled. Isn't that what's defiling? He says, try a trick like that with your banker. Try a trick like that with your senator, although I don't know if that's relevant today. You see what God is saying in this moment to the people. He's saying, quit sweeping the crumbs underneath the refrigerator. You see, this is is so important. I truly believe that the level of our generosity... The level of our generosity and our and our and the quality of our work reveals the God that we worship. The level of our generosity and the quality of our work reveals the God that we worship. And this is so important when you approach your life half-hearted with sloppy work and with sloppy worship and you you Come in here not ready to give God your first and your best. He's saying, listen, you are robbing me, but robbing me does not even begin to cover the understanding of what he's communicating. He's saying this. He's saying, you are defrauding me. You are covering me up. You see, through the work that you do and through the level of your generosity, you are saying to the world, I believe in a God who proves himself to be true and trustworthy, and because of that, my life is blessed beyond what I can believe. And when other people around you begin to see what is happening in your life because of your generosity, because you care about the intent and the quality of your work, you're not sweeping the crumbs underneath the refrigerator, but you're putting your whole heart and your soul into your life, into what God is calling you to be. You are moving others into that relationship with God. And it's what he's saying is is when you don't do this, you are covering up me and you are pre- creating a barrier between God and the world that was never meant to exist. And so I love this. He says, I, I have desired to give the world my best. I have desired to to give the world protection and abundance and blessing. But you're half-hearted. You're not ready to give the test. And I love it because he says, Do you know who you're talking to? He said, this is God that you're talking to. In verse 13 he says, this is God that you are speaking to. This is the God who, who created you with love and intentionality and purpose. This is the God who understands exactly where you are in your life. He's poured everything that he has into you. He has given you his best. Why would you not? And so I just want to ask you this question. Are you in a position to be trusted with the test? So I want to end it this way. You have two options. You, you can either be blessed or you can rob God. You can either be blessed in your life or you can cover up the God who desires to make himself known in the world. And what I know is in scripture, it says, return to me and I will return to you. God's saying in this moment, listen, just bring it to me. Um, I, I love, this is the imagery that I get when I read scripture. It's like the moment in Dumb and Dumber when, when, when Harry accidentally takes his, um, his friend's date that was supposed to be his friend's date on a date, and they're out in the mountains and they're throwing snowballs at each other, and he's, like, he's going like this. He's like, bring it to me. Throw it in my face. If you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber, I don't recommend it. just bring it to me do, do you know how exciting this is i mean this really is an exciting moment where we get to bring the creator of the universe the one who is who has made the vast oceans the one who has created the skybound mountains The one who knows your abilities, your personalities, your giftings, your skills, the one who could literally squash every ruler in this world if he wanted to. This is the God who absolutely, by all means, understands your questions is there with you in your decisions, your joys, your disappointments, your failures, your excitements, your accomplishments, your wins, your wanderings. God is with you in this moment, and he says, bring the test to me so I can prove to you that I'm trustworthy, that you can trust me. And the way that we do that is the plan that we revealed a couple weeks ago. If you weren't here two weeks ago, we said this we're going to live by the 100 plan, the 10, 10, 80 plan. That the first 10%, our first and our best, goes to God. That wherever we worship, wherever we find God, we will bring 10% to Him. We will save 10% so we can prepare for the future that we can create a level of generosity in our lives that is beyond what we could dream of. And you can spend the rest. But I know, let's go back to it. You're saying, "Bread, 10%. That's a lot. Can I tell you a personal story? In my own life, Janelle and I have committed to 10%. That whatever we receive immediately goes, 10% of it goes back to God. And sometimes it's more, it's never less. Sometimes it's more. And what we have found in our own lives is that we have been blessed beyond what we can dream of. And you're saying, oh, do you you live in a big house and have nice cars and go on cruise? No. You see, being blessed beyond what you can dream of is having exactly what you need. There are moments in our life where one of our sons had surgery and uh, we were so poor and we were on WIC and we didn't know how we were gonna get the money to pay the bills that were coming in. And I remember, this is how bad we are with mail, that three years later, we're going through a piece of mail and we found the check for the exact amount that we owed on this medical bill. And I believe it's because we were faithful that we were offering God our best. There are times where we're, ministry has called us to different places and we've bought and sold four homes in that process. And what I know is we've had markets and realtors come into our house and say, you can't sell it for that. And two minutes after they leave, somebody walks in our door and says, we want to buy your house. We're not rich, but we're blessed beyond what we can dream of. Nobody would ever dream that somebody who was just looking for a house for sale by owner would walk into our house and say, we want your house. It's exactly what we needed. And there are times in our lives where we've given to people during Christmas and little did we know that on the back end, there are people like you who have blessed my family. You have given to us. You have supported us. You have loved us. We never expected it, but it has been a blessing. And it's all because we've decided from the very beginning that the creator of the world looks at you and looks at me and says, just bring it, just test me. A double dog dare you." Oh, it is so cool. And what I know is this, is that that test, his test, has become our testimony. His test has become our testimony. Do you know how much fun it is to be able to look people in the eye who, who, who begin to question God and whether they should give and whether they should be generous and say, listen, I can tell you that God has followed us through every step of our life. We've never been rich. We've never been poor, but we've had exactly what we needed in the moment because we tested him in this. And we get to tell people all around us, do the same. And this God desires to bless you in every single way. Exactly what you need. This is not, I'm going to go on a cruise. I'm going to get a mansion that somebody That is not that kind of plan. It just says, bring it. And what I know is this, is, is that God brought his best to you. He gave his son, Jesus, the test and said, I need you to do this so I can gain their trust. That they could understand how much I love them. And so God sends his son to this world so that we could look at him on the cross and we could celebrate the resurrection of his life to say, Yeah, he is trustworthy. What he said is true. What he promised us will happen in our lives. And so can I just say this to you today? Bring it to him. Some of you are like, I I can't get to that place, Brad. Hey, I'm cool. What I will ask you to give is your life because that's what he seeks the most. Will you bring your life to God? Listen, some of you, You're so far in debt because you have decided to follow a dream that was never meant for you. And God's saying, bring it to me. Some of you have broken relationships. Maybe it's divorce. Maybe you've just broken up with somebody. Maybe you're single and you're trying to figure this out. But either way, the path feels like it's broken for you and there's no recovery ahead. Can I just say, "Uh, don't do it on your own. He says, bring it to me. Some of us are questioning, where do I need to go? What is my future? What am I supposed to do? But you know right now in the present that it's empty for you. And God's saying, I want you to bring that to me. Some of you, listen, some of y'all in here, you're retired. You're retired and you're tired of being retired. And God's saying, you need a fresh start. You need something different in your life. He's saying, bring it to me. Some of you, you need forgiveness in your life. Some of you to receive it and some of you to give it. And God's saying, bring it to me. And so in this moment, the only thing that I'm asking you is that if you are not in a place where you can give God the test, at least just give him your life. Because he says, when you return to me, I will return to you. And I will pour out my blessing upon you. So this morning, I want to pray this over your life. Would you pray this with me? You can pray it out loud. I don't care if you're a Christian, a not yet follower, or you're thinking about it. Hey, listen, just pray this with me. Everyone declare it this morning. Lord, today I give you my life. I give you all of me so that you can lead all of me. You have given me your best. And today I give you Forgive me. Save me. Rescue me. Today, I am yours. It's good. Would you stand with me? We're going to worship. One more song. We're going to come back out and do communion. You, you can have a seat. Uh, this morning, I want to do two things together. Uh, the first one is when you walked in, you, you were given this card. And, um, just want you to know that that I believe in the test and that when we don't take the test you are not robbing God of his money but you are robbing him of the chance to prove he is trustworthy and so today I want want to do two things we're going to take communion together and we're going to do this together and on this card in front of you uh on the left side there's just some details And, and it says this I want to begin my generosity journey If you've never offered, God says, test me in this. If you've never done it before today, maybe you want to begin your generosity journey. Uh, For some of us, um, we, you give already, and maybe you want to increase your generosity capacity. Would you just put your name, your address, your email, your phone number, and uh, let us know what you would like to do? Here's the thing. Uh, This is a risk that I take. Okay. At the bottom, you'll notice this. He says, if you do not feel that God has blessed you, if you do not feel that it was worth it after three months and you call us up, don't call me because I don't handle the money. I'll just click off on you. Call somebody else. But if you don't feel like God has blessed you within those three months, I would just say, we'll give it back to you. We're not afraid. We don't care. We'll give it right back to you. That's a promise. Money back guarantee, there you go. 100% of your money refunded if God has not blessed you or you don't feel like it's worth it. On the other side of the card, you'll see this. As you test God through generosity, where in your life do you expect God to do his greatest work? Where do you want his test to become your testimony? Listen, even if you're not increasing your generosity or deciding to give today, I just want to know, where would you like to see God work in your life? Where would you like to see God work in your life? Maybe it's in your school. Maybe it's in your future education. Maybe it's in the job that you're thinking about. Maybe it's, maybe it's in the people and relationships that you're in and you're working through and what you would like to see. I don't know what it is in your life. Maybe you need healing over your life. Maybe you went to the doctor this week and, and they told you, hey, it's, it's not good. Whatever it is that you want to see God do in your life, I would love for you to write that down. And what I want you to do is um, I want you to come up after that, and I'm going to put it in this box. We have two boxes on each side. And what we're going to do is we are going to, to mail you in a month or so the story that you're writing, the testimony that you expect to see from God, and the hope that he proves himself trustworthy and true. In addition to that, when you drop your card off, um, I want you to grab communion. Uh, You can go back to your seat and take it as soon as you're done. But I want you to know that this really is, this is where God's test became our testimony. That it's because of what he did on the cross for you. The forgiveness that you receive the grace that is yours, that you get to share this with other people. So take as long as you need. We still got 15 minutes. But fill out that card for me. Bring it up front, grab communion, and then we're gonna end with one last song. Let me pray for you. God, I'm so grateful for these amazing people at the table who, um, who call this place their home. God, I pray that in our own lives, we would give 100% of who we are to you, that we would be willing to, to step on this journey of testing you in a way that you've asked, that everything that you've given us is not ours, but it's everything that you've blessed us with and entrusted us with. And so today, we take our first step to give it back to you pray for each person here in this moment, Lord, that you would do a work in their life that's unexpected, that you would work in, uh, in their lives in a way that they've been praying for, in ways that they've been asking big, whether it's through provision, whether it's through healing. God, whatever it is that you want to do and need to do in their life, I pray that you would make yourself visible and known. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus. We pray this, amen, amen, amen. Take your time, and as you feel ready, come up, drop it in the box, and take communion. If this message challenged you and moved you forward, personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at the table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.